on this week's episode of the Rocket Ship Business Academy podcast. Three reasons why your latest hire didn't work out. Hey there, welcome to the Rocket Ship Business Academy podcast, the podcast for business founders working every day to scale their business and turn their biggest visions into reality. I'm Steve August. I am a serial entrepreneur who took his first startup from idea to successful multi-million dollar exit. I've sat in the founder CEO seat and I know the good, the bad, and the ugly of the founder's journey firsthand. Since 2017, I've been coaching other founders, helping them build rocket ship businesses. In this podcast, I'm sharing my hard-won lessons, taking your questions, and supporting you in your biggest challenges in becoming the CEO your company needs. Ready to light this candle? Then let's hit today's episode. On this episode, I want to talk about one of the biggest challenges and frustrations I hear with founders I coach. And it is facing the fact that a recent hire didn't pan out. And one of the most common phrases I hear is, but but they looked great on paper. I just don't understand how they didn't work out. And it's especially frustrating when it's a really important hire, maybe a leadership or manager position, and it feels like you spent a ton of time and energy and time and money only to end up kind of back where you were, having to start over to fill that position. And a lot of times you're taking on and covering the, the task that you would hope that hire was going to cover for you. So what I want to talk about is the three biggest reasons hires don't pan out and what to do to give yourself the best chance of making your next hire a great one. Now, nobody bats a thousand in hiring. It just is almost impossible. But there are things that you can do that will greatly increase your odds. And so to start to think about this is to think about, well, why did the hire go wrong, right? So what happens? So one of the biggest reasons I see, so reason number one is the role and expectations aren't actually clear. So a lot of times we'll have a position we want to fill, there's the workload has grown, uh, we need to get something off our plates or we need to, to make this hire happen, we need to fill a particular skill set. And so we create a job description. And that job description a lot of times is kind of a laundry list of things we need people to do. And that's actually sometimes the start of the trouble because implicit in that laundry list is the expectations of what we really want out of that position, what we want that role to do for us. And a lot of times, especially if a founder is hiring for a role that they've been kind of doing themselves, there's a lot of almost internalized expectations that don't make it into the laundry list, like how and why and the qualities and standards and things like that. So here's here's the 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 solve for the you know, the problem with job descriptions. And one is there's three things that every position needs to have in order to, to know if it's somebody's going to be able to hit it and fulfill it and to be able to know if they are doing it once they get on board. And that is thing number one, what do they own? What outcome does this position own? If it's a, a developer, what is the way you're going to measure the code? What, what are they going to produce? If it's a marketer, you know, what are the leads they're going to produce? So what is the outcome that they own? Number two, what is their success metric? How are you going to measure 
whether they are actually achieving that, right? So if it could be qualified leads, it could be, if it's a, a marketing person, it's, you know, for salespeople, it's pretty easy. It's deals closed. Um, and then, you know, for others, it's a little bit more qualitative. And then it's usually a combination of quality of work delivered on a particular schedule uh, to a milestone. So, but if you're not clear on that, it's really hard to judge if that person's doing the right thing and also setting up the expectations ahead of time so people know what they're in for. And then the third thing after what outcome do they own and how are you going to measure their success, their success metric is so what are they responsible for? What is it? What are the expertise, skills, values, and standards that they're going to have to have coming into the job to be successful? And if you start from there, instead of a laundry list of things that they're going to do, you will find that the clarity of that role and therefore the ability to figure out if somebody actually is going to match that role uh, and if they've done similar things or they've been able to be successful at previous positions, it gets a lot easier. And that sets you up for a really, um, uh, uh, at the very start of the process, sets you up in a good way. Okay, so the first thing was think about Rethink job descriptions into outcomes, owned, success metrics, and responsibilities and standards. The second thing uh, that is a reason for a hire that seems really good to not pan out is because we looked at the resume and the interviews instead of the behaviors. So one of the things that I've learned and I've seen my other, uh, my founder, clients learn is that the resume, the skills and experiences is just a part of the picture. You're really hiring for a set of behaviors. Now, some people will call these values. You can call them that, but a set of behaviors. So for example, uh, I had a, a, have a client who was hiring salespeople and was really challenged to hire. They had hired, he had hired three salespeople who knew the industry back and backwards and forwards, was, was from a former competitor, really should have had the skills and experience to, to nail the job. And they all flamed out, all three of them. And he didn't know exactly why. And what we did was we actually looked at, the, at some of the salespeople or his best salesperson and said, well, what are the qualities that the behaviors that he has? Well, he's... He's persistent and pleasant. He has that hustle gene. He's always, uh, he doesn't wait for things to happen. He's always making things happen. And as he talked about the values and the qualities of this, this sales, uh, his great salesperson, we started to form a behavior set. So instead of interviewing for that behavior set, because you can't really interview for behaviors, you can only interview for answers. What you're looking for is through the process is to create the sense of audition. You're auditioning for behavior. So how do you put somebody in a position where they have to exhibit behaviors or show what kind of behaviors that they were likely to show on the job? And so the thing that we came up with uh, in the example of the salesperson is like he would want a salesperson who if the salesperson had somebody's cell phone number that they wouldn't be afraid to text him, uh, text that, that prospect. And so during the, the audition interview process, this founder gave out his his cell phone number and he waited to see who would follow up with him through text. He would say, well, feel free to text me with any questions or if you have any, any feedback. And he would look for the people who actually did, did step out and do that. And that was a really good sign that behaviorally they were going to be a fit for the job because anybody can say anything in their interviews and people know how to interview well. 
but it's not always indica- indicative of, of, of behaviors. In fact, it can be very misleading. And that's what happens sometimes when we say, wow, they nailed the interview. They look great on paper. They had the background, but they didn't work because they didn't actually exhibit the behaviors that you were actually looking for. So that's number three. So review. Uh, the problem number one is not having the, uh, a really clear role defined through uh, outcomes owned, uh, success metrics, and um, roles and responsibilities and standards. The second one is interviewing versus auditioning as uh, a way that, that hires go wrong. And then the last one is, is hiring the right person for the wrong seat. So sometimes you'll hit uh, somebody who looks really good, but for whatever reason, they're not appropriate for your stage of the company. They, and the, the biggest example of this is um, when somebody is coming, if you're in a startup or you're leading a young company and somebody comes from a much larger company and maybe they've moved on, maybe they've been moved on, but they're like, oh, I want the challenge of, you know, I've worked in corporate for forever. Now I want to uh, see what it's like to, to work on a, a small, smart team. And it's all great in intention, but people don't actually realize how much structure they've had in a corporate life compared to what they're going to encounter in a startup life or a young company life. And often they may have some of the skills, but they won't have the adaptation um, to the new circumstances. So again, a big issue of this is like right person, wrong stage or wrong seat. And again, the way to, to look at this is to, is to audition them, is to put them in the position of having to deal with a task or a, a thought exercise where they don't have resources or they have limited information or they don't have anything to really fall back on except they kind of have to make it up as they go and see if they are comfortable with that, if they're excited by it, if they flounder in it or, you know, you really need to look at that. There is a, a really cool, simple three-question test that, that uh, the, uh, the EOS in the book Traction, the Entrepreneur's Operating System in the book Traction has, and they call it GWC, gets it, wants it, can do it. So this is also the, the final check for everybody is like, do they get it? Can they, do they actually understand what this job really entails? Two, can, uh, do they want it? Like a big, uh, one of the flags to watch out for is do they want this position that they're interviewing for? Are they keep asking about this other position that they hope they're going to get promoted to in whatever length of time? That's usually a warning sign, right? Uh, so, and then the last thing, can they do it? Can they, can you put them in a position where they, they show that they're capable of doing the job at hand? And so if you take these three, um, uh, these approaches, to you know, create the clarified role, create uh, an audition process versus an interview process, and run these kind of sanity checks of gets it, wants it, can do it, making sure it's right person, right seat, right stage, then you will give yourself a much higher percentage or higher odds of making a great hire. And there's almost nothing more important for the success of a company, especially in the early days, because there's not a lot of wiggle room, right? A, a bad hire can definitely set the company back. And a good hire can massively accelerate the company. So 
really think about this. I think it's one of the most valuable pieces of advice when it comes to the people part of being a founder. And I hope you got a lot of value out of it. I think um, if you start looking and running your processes this way, I think you will find yourself making even better hires. That's a wrap for this episode of the Rocket Ship Business Academy podcast. Thanks for listening. Do you have a question or issue you'd like support on? Then write to me at steve at steveaugustcoaching.com and I'll include it into one of my upcoming episodes. And if you're a founder working to scale your business, be sure to follow me on LinkedIn and visit my site steveaugustcoaching.com for more insights. See you soon.